I am really uh, having a wonderful time talking about this series, Pure. Uh, it's amazing how things are put together as we plan these. You know, we, we're just people. We're, 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 we're just men and we just pray and we, we put together menus, if you were, series, messages that we believe are going to help you and encourage you as you live for Jesus and as you walk with God on this earth until one day Jesus will come back or you will die and go to be with him. Either way, it's good. Whether he comes or he calls you, it's all right if you're ready. And so we talked about being pure. In the first week, we talked about having a pure heart because out of the heart, everything flows. Your inside is what's important more than your outside. We print the outside a lot. We like it. We like ourselves. We all love ourselves. We adore ourselves every morning in the mirror. We hate ourselves when we get up, but after we finish, we love ourselves. <laughs> we cover up a lot of stuff on the outside. <laughs> women, have a <clears throat> women have a better chance than men. <clears throat> but it's on the inside, the pure heart that really matters. And then the second week we shared with you about having a pure mind because our minds need to be pure. They need to be washed. They need to think right. We need to think like God thinks. It's very important that we not think just like human beings on the human level, but that we have the mind of Christ and that we, we think things through like God would. We use his principles in our minds and we taught you how sometimes our minds have to be regrooved. There have to be new highways laid so that we can, we can think like God because we don't always do that. And then last week, we put the two together. We gave you a pure life, which is a, a life that's exemplary of, of Christ. That's, that's a life that people can see, a life that has power and that is pure in what it does. And so we're going to wrap it all up today. And I want to share with you about pure God. That's right. I'm going to talk to you about God. So don't go to sleep and, and don't, don't, don't zone out because... He is our king, and, and he's so great, and he's so pure, and he's so infinite, and we're so finite, and he's so perfect, and yet we're so imperfect, and, and it's, it's so wonderful that we, we see how holy he is. Jesus, when, when, his, when his followers actually said, Lord, teach us to pray, he began the prayer in Matthew chapter six, verse nine, and he said, I want you to pray like this. I want you to say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He said, that's how you start. And the word hallowed means holy or pure. Now, does everybody agree that God is holy? And all that word holy <clears throat> oh, wow. now, now, that's with no W. That's just H-O-L-Y. When we say the word holy, most people, they recoil on that thing of holy. But he is holy. His name is holy. His name is who he is. So his name is holy. In the book of Revelation, it says they stand around the throne and they sing holy, holy, 
holy Lord God Almighty, he who is and was and is to come. And they do that night and day. So if you got a little antsy about Pastor Jordan leading us in that little prophetic song of, you know, about, you know, if praise will ever be on my lips and I'm going to praise him, I'm going to praise him. Just realize this, that in heaven, they just keep singing the same song over and over. Holy, 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 24 hours a day, seven days. What, they don't even have a calendar in heaven. It's just a thing that just flows out of people who want to serve Jesus. Holy, holy. So as we look at purity today and the purity of God, realize that it's tied into Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this in in John chapter 14, and if you read your one-year Bible today, it's astonishing that this scripture was in our reading this morning where Jesus said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. What he was saying was, anybody who's looking at me, you're looking at God. If you've seen me, you've seen God. And that's a powerful statement to make. You're looking at me, you're looking at God. Because they were wondering, what's going on? Where are you going? We want to go to the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In other words, if you've seen me, you've seen enough. And so as we get to know Jesus, we realize that he is enough. So we're going to look at, at God, the purity of God, because God is pure. He just is. That means he's not mixed. That means if he says one, he means one, not one and a half. That means whatever he does is perfect and pure, untainted, unmixed. And his nature is pure. And we see his nature all over the word of God. It's really just amazing that, that you can read in the Old Testament, you can read in the New Testament. doesn't matter where you go in the Bible, you see that, that, that God's nature is pure. Galatians chapter 5, where we find the fruit of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, it says it produces this kind of fruit in a person's life. It produces love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. It produces goodness. It produces faithfulness, gentleness, and it also produces self-control. These are fruit of the Spirit. A lot of us try to conjure this up in our own life. I'm going to be joyful. I'm so joyful today. Yes, today is a good day, so I'm joyful, but then tomorrow's a bad day, and so I'm not so joyful. And that's just human happiness, and just attitude. But I'm telling you what, the nature of God is found right here. God is 100% of all of these. Love, God's love is unconditional, but can I get real with you? Most of the time, our love is conditional. Come on, let's rip back the facade. Sometimes, you know, I mean, look, hey, you know what? I love uh, some people, some people I don't like so much. And we try to get around and say, I love you, but I don't like you. I mean, can you face it that some people you just can't stand? Don't look at me like that. Don't, don't look, don't give me, don't give me that Sunday morning religious look like you, like that. Some people don't get so much underneath your skin. You just want to have surgery, man. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? So his love is, con- is unconditional, but ours many times are conditional. We're working that way by having the fruit of his spirit working through us. You know, his, uh, God's joy is pure, but many times our joy is mixed. We are so joyful we're going to Disney World. I'm not so joyful I have to come back. God's peace is complete. 
But many times our peace is circumstantial or it's emotional. We have peace when things are right, but boy, when things are not right. Isn't it amazing how you can go from a, a saint to a devil in just about five seconds? Uh, come on now, you know, that, that's not theologically sound. I know that, but uh, it makes a good point. I mean, you go from this loving, wonderful person. I mean, it's just this great thing. And all of a sudden, just and all of a sudden, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, it takes place in our life. You know it does, and if we say it doesn't, we're liars. It does for me. How about you? I mean, I just, I, I'll admit it first. Sometimes I wonder halfway through the day, what is wrong with you? What's the deal? Why are you like, the, um, nothing's wrong? Every, what, what is up with you? If I was a woman, I could blame it on hormones, but man, I'm a dude, I, I can't. <laughs> Come on now. Y'all always got to out. You got makeup on the face and, and the thing, you know, and we ain't got none of that. We, we like, we just, here we are. We ain't got no excuse, man. We just wrong, right? That's why you just say, man, just say, the answer to everything is, I'm wrong, I'm sorry, and I need help. That's what, that's what has to take place. So, uh, we, we, but we see these things personified in Jesus' life. We see that the, the, the love of Jesus was always, you know, right, right on the precipice of his day. He would meet people. He met a woman at the well, a Samaritan woman who Jewish people never even talked to. As a matter of fact, they walked around Samaria, but he sat down with her with, with the whole process of winning her to the kingdom of God. And he did. His love was amazing, unconditional. His joy was, was real. He, you know, he, he sent out his disciples. They cast out devils. They did all kinds of great things. They came back. They were so excited. We're casting out devils. He said, don't, hey, don't get so excited that demons come out, uh, you know, just when you speak. He said, but be excited and be joyful that your name's written down in, in heaven. I tell you, you know what excites Jesus? People getting right with God people going, people having their name written in a book. There is a book in heaven and there are names in the book. And when you give your heart to Jesus, he writes your name in the book. Amen. He said, be glad that they're written. And, and then his self-control was, was, was exemplified on the cross like nothing you'll ever imagine to have the power to come off of a cross to call down legions of angels, and yet the Bible says that he was like a lamb led to the slaughter and he didn't open his mouth, not for himself, but for you. He kept his mouth shut for you, and I think sometimes we probably need to keep our mouth shut for him. Jesus is such a hero. He's so wonderful. He's so great. His accusers shouting at him, come down off the cross. His flesh reeling with more pain than I could ever suffer. And yet he stayed with the self-control, exemplifying the self-control of the Father. Because the pure holiness of God, if it weren't for self-control, he would unleash his wrath on the ungodliness of man. And it would be terrible. His presence is pure. Moses is, is, you know, Moses was a cool dude. He was pretty close to God. The Bible says God talked to him like a friend face to face. But, but yet when it came for Moses to look on God's pure holiness, God said, you can't handle it, bro. Get in this little cleft of the rock here. I'm going to cover you up with my hand. And if, if you're lucky, Moses, when I pass by, you can look at my hinder parts. 
I mean, that's what God said. God said that. He said, I'm so holy that you can't look at me. I'm so pure. And Moses was the meekest man that ever lived, the most humble man that ever lived. The amazing thing is, you know who wrote that? Moses wrote that about himself. (laughs) Can you imagine that? I'm the most humble man that's ever lived, the most meek man that ever lived. It's me. I'm the one. And then today in our, when our one-year Bible, when you read your one-year Bible in the Old Testament, poor Uzzah. Uzzah, he's just a dude. He's helping bring the Ark of the Covenant back to the, back to the children of Israel, and they got it on a cart. There's a problem there. They were supposed to hold it on stakes on shoulders of men carrying it, but they got it on an ox cart, and this stupid ox trips in a hole. The Ark of the Covenant starts shaking and Uzzah, he's a good church dude. He's, he's working on the, 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 the team and he runs up there and he touches it to steady it and, and, and God killed him because he touched God's holiness. The presence of God was found in the Ark of the Covenant and you just can't press and touch God's presence any old way. Just teaching us things. Poor Uzzah, God, Rest his never dying soul. I believe in eternity, God must add some kind of mercy on him and said, bro, I know you were trying to do it right, but you were out of order. And so God helps it. But we're just talking about God's presence. And, and then Jesus' presence, as Jesus was baptized, the presence of the Lord came on him in such a powerful way. The Holy Spirit came on him in the form of a dove and then drove him into the wilderness and then empowered him to overcome temptation from Satan himself. Presence of God is found in Luke chapter six when Jesus walks into the synagogue and says simply, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has anointed me to set the captives free, to open the eyes of the blind. That's what he has done. I am he. I am the one that does this. I've got the presence of God. And then in, Luke, in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter, James, and John are there. Jesus is there. All of a sudden they say Jesus, and Moses was with Jesus. So even though God uh, you know, got, got mad at Moses for a while, Moses made it. And Elijah was there. They saw these three. And, and the Bible says that Jesus was transfigured. He was transformed by the power of God, full of the presence of God. God's presence is pure. It's holy. God's wisdom is pure. Our wisdom sometimes is so tainted. And in James chapter 3, verse 17, it says, but the wisdom that is from above, the wisdom from God, it's first of all, it's pure. It's pure wisdom. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and it's willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism, and it is always sincere. Our wisdom sometimes, you know, is not perfect. My wisdom is not perfect. I have made mistakes. I have said wrong things. How about you? You know, somehow or another we feel like, man, we're just because we're children of God, we're supposed to be spot on every time. I mean, like, I'd never make a, especially pastors, my goodness. Some people think, you know, pastors are like swamis. I mean, it's like, yes, 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 uh, yes. Go away and come back another day and I shall give you what the Lord would say to you so that I might control your life with a controlling spirit. 
The wisdom from above is pure. The wisdom from this earth is devilish. It's demonic. So we miss it sometimes. We're imperfect people. Man, we got good hearts. We're moving forward. But God's wisdom is so perfect. And Jesus' wisdom was so wonderful. His timing was perfect. He picked his battles, by the way. He didn't fight every battle. Some Christians think they got to stamp out ungodliness. They're like God's cop all over the world. It's like, well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to fix this. You know, and we just don't pick our battles properly. If you're against every single solitary thing all the time and you express it all the time against every single solitary thing, you are miserable, ugly, and people don't like you at all. And, and, and you're a Christian and they equate Christianity to you and when they Christianity to you, they don't like Christianity so they stay away. Say, if that's what Christianity is, I'm out. And so, you know, Jesus is perfectly righteous but he chose his battles. His brother said, you know what, Jesus? You, you're the great one. They didn't believe in him. You're the great one. Go up there, take care of business. Go to Jerusalem right now. He said, it's not my time right now. He had wisdom. And then other times his mother said, hey, they're out of wine at the, the feast. He said, mine, it's not my time yet, but I'm gonna obey my mom. So he made some wine. <laughs> and then there were other times where he went to the temple. Several times he went in the temple until finally one time he went in the temple and he cleared it. He didn't clear it every time. We got temple clearers in the church. Man, they gonna clear everything. Everything ever. Every, you know what I mean? I mean, they like tap dancing, man. It's just like, like doing a little Holy Ghost jig, they call it, but I call it a, 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 a dance of idols. Sometime he was preaching in places, man, he was casting out demons, healing people, things were great. And all of a sudden he'd just say, hey, y'all, let's go. We got to go somewhere else. It'd be like he's in a church service and man, miracles are happening, everything. Everybody's all excited. Everybody got their hands lifted up, the whole church. And he says, okay, let's, we, gotta go, we gotta go down here to Biloxi. And this leaves everybody. That's how Jesus was, but he had such wisdom. His teaching was always an upward teaching. It was amazing no matter what he said. He astonished people. The things that he taught helped people with their earthly temporal life, but it always pointed to the eternal life. Everything was like a bouncing ball. He'd say, yeah, you need it for earth, boom, but, but guess what? It's headed to heaven. Everything was always heavenly bound in his teaching. Ultimately, his goal was to establish a brand new kingdom full of children of God from the heart. That was his whole goal. Everything is it. His insight, it just affected people. He, he astonished people. He taught them with such wisdom. It was amazing what he did. He read the hearts of people. I mean, just be standing and say, why are you thinking about that in your heart? I like to be around people and say, hey, why are you thinking that in your heart? And what happened? This is what happens. When people do that, when a gift from the Holy Spirit is used by a person, we always magnify the person. We're so shallow. Man, he's got the gift. Man, he read my mail. No, God used him. He could have used that speaker or a piece of chalk on the wall or whatever, but he chose to use him to tell you something. That's what I love about Jesus. He didn't bring any kind of praise to himself. He would do a great miracle, then he'd say, don't tell anybody I did this. Then God's word is pure. All these things are so pure. I'm just showing you the purity of God. Psalm 119, verse 140, we're in that chapter in the one-year Bible. Thy word is very pure. 
The word of God is very pure. Therefore, thy servant loves it. We love the word of God. The word of God sometimes rubs us wrong, sometimes tells us where we should be, sometimes corrects us, but it always encourages us, it comforts us, it, it edifies us. If every time you read the word of God, you feel like there's a hammer coming down on your head, you're reading the word of God with the wrong spirit. We love the word of God. Let's embrace the whole word of God, the whole counsel of God, and watch what happens in your life. Your life becomes better. The word of God has always made me better. And to know Jesus, he was the personification of the word of God. I, it's so wonderful to see Jesus. You know, God said, in the beginning, God said. Very first things in your Bible says, in the beginning, God said, let there be light. God said, God said this, God said that. And when God said this and God said that, he was really speaking through Jesus Hebrews chapter one simply says that in, in, in other times and other places, God spoke to us in different ways, but in this last days, he has spoken to us through his son, Jesus. And, 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 and that's what God does. He speaks through his word. In, in John chapter one, verse one, it says, in the beginning was the word. And guess what? The word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Come on now. God created everything through him, through who? Through the word and nothing was created except through him. And the word God gave, it gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shined in darkness, watch this, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I love that. The darkness can never extinguish light. It may be dark in the world, but Jesus is the light of the world. Man, we just want to look at the darkness all the time, but it's time to look at the light, man. Look at the light. There's enough darkness. I don't even have to talk about dark. Man, look, it's light. When I'm in a dark place, I'm kind of scared of the dark. I don't like the dark. I wake up at night in my bedroom and say, baby, it's dark in here. <laughs> I don't really like the dark. And when I don't like the dark, I turn on a light. So if you don't like the, I'm not really scared of the dark, by the way. I'm not really scared. Well, just at certain times, it, you know, kind of makes you feel weird, you know. But if you don't like the darkness around you, then flick on a light. That's it. Instead of just cursing the darkness and talking about the darkness and lifting up the darkness and expanding the darkness, just turn on a light, dude. Man, we turn on a light, all of a sudden, hey, everything's cool. Everything's all right. God's justice is pure. I tell you, it's just so wonderful to see the justice of God. Man's justice is off. We try hard, but I'll tell you what, there's some mess going on. I want to tell you right now. Now, if I was the whole judge of the world, I'd make everything right. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you this right now. It, don't put me on a jury. I just ain't that way, man. I got put on the grand jury and, and I got taken off the grand jury. I mean, look, that drug dealer on the corner with a knapsack and a scale in his bag with some vials and with some bags, he's a drug dealer. Yeah, but we didn't get him with enough. I don't care, he's a drug dealer. Arrest him, put him in jail, let's put him away. No, we can't do that. Well, why can't we do that? I mean, out of all the ones in the room, I'm the only one raised my hand. I said, put him away. <laughs> well, we can't. I said, put him away, dude. So I'm not good at being a judge. 
but Jesus is. And God will always balance the books, folks. Remember this. There's so much injustice going on in the world today, it would just boggle our mind to know we cannot handle it. It's all over the globe. I don't know what to do about it. I mean, you know, the, the race wars, the, the, the ethnic wars, the, 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 the baby, the abortions, the things we're praying, we believe in. We've been praying for over 35 years and fasting and getting arrested and protesting, writing books and making movies and, and praying to God and these things are still happening. And I don't know, but I'll tell you one day when God rings the bell he will bring the justice he will bring the justice that's why vengeance is not ours but vengeance belongs to the Lord there are a lot of injustices that have been perpetrated against you in this room I'm sure people have hurt you and I'm not talking about they said the wrong thing about you I'm talking about some people have been deeply wounded flagrant violations of your rights and your heart and you have not received justice and you may never receive justice, but one day Jesus will make everything all right. And I can tell you this right now, when you stand before God, when it's all done face to face, I got a feeling we're not gonna be too much worried about what happened. Because what is happening is gonna overshadow all of that. It's gotta be that way. I mean, I believe that's what God is gonna do. See, God's standard is pure. It always is. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world, he loved it so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to do what? To save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. That's a good place to say amen. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing God in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world and people loved the darkness more than the light for their actions were evil. Most crime is done at night in the dark. Matthew chapter 21, verse 44, and whoever falls on this stone, Jesus said, will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. And let me just explain that to you for just a moment, and it's this way. When you humble yourself and fall upon the rock, Jesus is the rock, you're gonna be broken. We need to be broken. Our hearts need to be broken. We need to surrender to God. And so if we fall upon the rock, we're humble. God says, you're broken, but that's good. No judgment. Everything's all right. But if you wait and you stiffen your heart and your head and your neck, and you shake your fist at God, in essence saying, I don't believe, then one day the rock will fall on you. And that's judgment. And folks, I didn't make this up. This is God's way. And when the rock falls, of judgment falls, it grinds to pieces. And you don't want that to happen to you. You never want that to happen to you. God's creation is perfect, it's wonderful. What he did when he created everything, he said it's good, but man fell, man sinned, man became corrupted, man chose his own way, Adam and Eve sinned, and after that all of us followed in their footsteps by nature, And so man needed to be cleansed. 
Man needs to be purified. I want to give you three things just real quick. You can write them down, but they'll, they'll, they'll embed on your heart right now. Our corruption needs to be realized. You have to realize you're lost before you ever get saved. When I go around in traffic until I realize and say, you know what, you don't know where you're going, I'm, you're lost, I never find the place that I'm supposed to go. We're corrupt by nature and we need to realize that. And if we don't realize that, we stay in that corruption. We give ourselves too much credit. We feel like we're too good. But there's none good, not one is good, none except God. There's none pure except God. Number two, our corruption needs to be confessed. We simply need, you know, what's so hard with saying, Father, you're God and you're perfect and I'm not. And I give up. I realize that my life is not pleasing to you. My mind is not clean and pure. My life is not clean and pure. My heart is in the wrong direction. I realize that. I confess that to you, God. And then the third thing, our corruption needs to be cleansed. Men everywhere. First, the child of God, you get the initial cleansing, but our hearts do things, our minds do things, our bodies do things, our emotions cause problems, and we need to continually go before God and simply just say, God, I'm wrong. You're perfect. I'm not. I confess that. Would you forgive me and cleanse me of that? And guess what God does? He says, yes, you've already been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. It's an ever-flowing cleansing once you're in the family of God. But for some, the corruption, the initial cleansing needs to take place. Where you say, you know what, God? I've never come underneath your purity. I've just never done that, God. Some because I didn't know. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Some of you are hearing this for the first time and realizing, you know what? There's a possibility. There's a door that's open that I can be cleansed. I was that way. Many of you that way. Folks, no games. It's time for a pure heart, a pure mind, a pure life so that we can serve a pure God. Let's bow our heads together. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed and we're just seeking God right now. For you who are children of God right now, you're followers, you've surrendered to Jesus, but you look at this message, this whole series, you put it all together and you say, God, I don't so know, man, I've just been, I've been walking too close to the line or I stepped over the line that's not pleasing to you. Father, I want to pray for those of your people in this room who have struggled. Some just because they're going through hard times or others just because they've kind of been rebellious against you. I pray, Father God, you touch your church and you heighten our purification, Lord God. We'll not be tainted by the things of this world that seek to draw us away from you. 
Father, we'll just sharpen our focus. We'll sharpen our focus. And Father, I pray for those in this room right now that don't know you. I'm asking for honesty, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you for you to just open their hearts. Just like you've opened so many people's hearts. Now, if you're in this room while every head is bowed and every eye is closed and we're praying such a pure moment before God right now, I'm simply going to ask you whether or not your life is right with God, your relationship is right, you feel assured that you are a child of God. If you don't, if you're in this room and you don't, the arms of Jesus are wide open. The rock is right in front of you. All you have to do is fall upon his mercy fall upon his goodness and he will receive you and forgive you of your sin and change your life. If you're in here right now and that's you, I want to pray for you right where you are and God's going to answer this prayer. Just shoot your hand up. Just every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Say, Pastor, I'm one of those people right now and I want my life right with God. Just shoot it up. Just, just, just right up in the air. Anyone in this room? Thank you, sir. I know what's happening in the chair. You're, you're weighing the cost. You're, you're, you know, well, what if, what if, forget about the what ifs. If you're disconnected from God, admit it and just shoot your hand up and say, God, save me. Anybody else? Just the hand raised up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's another hand here. Thank you. So many people need God. So few people call upon God. You're sitting in that chair right now, you who raised your hand. Simply pray this prayer with me. As I pray, you just pray, just open your heart up. Father, forgive us. Forgive me of my sin, Lord God. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Be my Father that I can be your child. Lord God, receive me now. I thank you for accepting me. I want to change life. I want to be different. So I thank you for loving me and caring about me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, Pastor Jordan. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God. So we'd love to help you with your next steps. If you'll go to northwood.tv connect and fill out the information, our lead pastor, Van Decody, wants to send you a letter that tells you some steps to take in order to maintain your new relationship with God. We'll also give you some information about Northwood Church. We are one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and Long Beach. If you live in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv locations for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv give. You can give a one-time donation or you can sign up for our online community called MyNC and set up a recurring gift. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you next time.